Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Red Sox fans, you know what time of the week it is. Welcome in. This is Red Sox Beat here on CLNS Radio. Of course, it's, we're brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. Get $50 off any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com backslash Celtics and entering that promo code, which is Celtics. Of course, you can check us out on Twitter at Red Sox underscore Beat. Facebook is Red Sox Beat Podcast. Uh, subscribe and rate and review us, please, on iTunes. We ask you every week, and, of course, we, we mean it. We'd love you to do that for us. And, of course, you're, you're, gonna, you're probably listening on Stitcher as well. Um, good show this week lined up. Some games. We've got some about David Price to talk about. Um, we've got a guest joined up. We'll be joined by John O'Callaghan of, the, uh, about, of About Sports in a few seconds here. But, first of all, uh, full crew again this week. Um, so what's going on, guys? Same all. Just ready to talk baseball, Red Sox, and I'm excited. It's nice out, so... Good day to talk baseball. Good weather, yeah. Red Sox, a guest. What could be better? We gained an hour of sleep today. No, I mean, we lost an hour of sleep, but we gained an hour of sleep. I didn't gain any hour of sleep. <laughs> no, trust me, I lost my sleep. Um, so that was, I'm, we're getting more daylight, which is nice. Which means I can start golfing after work, which is always a good thing. Um, uh, John, did you uh, enjoy your getting extra sunlight today? No, I was <laughs> had a uh, late, late, uh, late night last night. I wish I had the extra hour, so... <laughs> uh, don't we all don't we all alright so the, that is the voice of John O'Callaghan he's the Red Sox reporter at About Sports you can find him on Twitter at SeanJohn9320 is where you can go find him um, John uh, how, how are you doing my friend besides being a little overly tired I'm doing great I'm excited baseball's back it's been a long winter a lot of uh, exciting moves the Red Sox made and now I'm just getting ready for baseball season I can't wait yeah, I think we are. I think we all are very excited. 22 days until opening day, and Lauren is our personal countdown clock. She knows it on a second every time we ask her, which is amazing. Um, a lot of stuff coming out of spring training so far, John, but I think the biggest one for a lot of us, and I know you're a big proponent of this guy as well, is Travis Shaw and, and what he's done. He's hitting over 500. Um, obviously, it's spring training, so you can't take those numbers into consideration too much, uh, but we know we've seen him do it in the big leagues as well. Um, does he deserve a shot at third over Pablo Sandoval, or is is he just going to be real to the bench regardless of how well he does the rest of the way in spring training? Well, it's definitely interesting. I mean, we saw last year he had 13 home runs in 65 games, and that's a pretty good stat line when you consider him not being an everyday player. 
it's it's a tough call because you kind of have to consider uh, with Pablo Sandoval, especially with those weight issues and whatnot. It's hard to, for John Farrell to justify sitting a guy on the bench who's making nineteen, twenty million a year, but at the same time, he's definitely on the hot seat this year because of two losing, uh, two straight losing seasons. So at the end of the day, he needs to do what's best for the club, whether that's Shaw being in third base and he has some experience in the outfield, and he does have experience at first base too in case Hamley struggles. But I mean, it's it's tough for for a guy of Shaw's caliber to sit on the bench. I mean, it might be better off for him to go down to Pawtucket and get regular at-bats because you don't want him waiting on the bench, wasting his talent and not getting the reps that he needs and that he deserves. So it's it's definitely tough. I think the Red Sox need to get off to a hot start this year to sort of recapture the fan base. So, I mean, Farrell definitely has a tough call there. Yeah, definitely. And... Thing, kind of staying on topic of Sandoval, do you expect a bounce-back season from him as well as Hanley Ramirez? And what are your thoughts on Ortiz? What do you think he will do in his upcoming final season with Boston? So for Ortiz, I think he will have the same kind of numbers as last year. He doesn't want to be a guy like Derek Jeter who sort of struggled in his last year. He wants to go out on top. He doesn't want people to remember him batting you know, 250 with... 60 RBIs and maybe 12 home runs. I think he, maybe not 100 RBIs, but I think it's not out of the question for at least 85 to 90 with 20 to 25 home runs. He, he definitely wants to get back into the playoffs for his last year, and hopefully he can. As far as Hamley is concerned, um, thing with him, he just needs to hit the ball. If he hits the way he can hit, it's I can sort of mask his play defensively. I saw a couple of tweets from a uh, fan of the show, Peter Abraham, on uh, Brian Butterfield working with him, scooping the ball. And you know, everyone just needs to raise their game when it comes to Hamley as far as making the correct throw. And Hopefully it's a seamless transition, but you never know with Hamley. And uh, when it comes to Sandoval, it's, it's tough because when he signed that contract last offseason, people, I think people sort of jump to conclusion that, oh, it's another 25 home run guy with 100 RPIs because he's getting a crazy contract. Sandoval was never that guy in San Francisco. As far as projections, I mean, I'd be happy with about 15 home runs and, and 75 to 80 RPIs. It's, that's, that's what you kind of have to expect with Sandoval. One question, John, about um, about Ortiz. You know, you're saying that he's going to do pretty much the same, you know, 30-something home runs, close to 100 RBI. I agree, going out on top is a good thing, but do you think he's retiring too early? Maybe. But at the same time, I feel like it's better, sort of like the Patriots motto, it might be better a year too early than a year too late, because do you really want to see Henry Ramirez at first base for another year? And Henry Ramirez is made for the DH spot in Boston, so I don't know, it's it's a tough. I'm going to definitely miss Ortiz. He's a fan favorite, obviously, and probably the best designated hitter of all time. The only guy you can really make the argument is Edgar Martinez, but hopefully, I think he's a lock to be in the Hall of Fame, even with the PED use. But it's, it's definitely going to be tough missing Ortiz. But I think the DH spot is better suited for Hanley. Yeah, I mean, I guess doesn't matter at this point because it's going to happen anyway, but they're definitely yeah. going to miss Ortiz's stick in the lineup. But um, let's move let's move ahead, John, to uh, a couple of pitching things. 
Um, obviously, Eduardo Rodriguez injured himself um, when he was running in a, a drill, unfortunately. Um, and now it's looking like he's most likely not going to start the season. He's going to start in the DL. Not 100% sure, but looking more and more like that as it gets sooner. Does that injury make you worried for the start of the season? I know I think it looks like it's only going to be for a short time, but even at that, just with the bad starts that they've gotten off to recently, do you think that that could possibly get off to another bad start with having the pitching rotation shaken up a little bit? Yeah, I mean, as I said a few minutes ago, the Red Sox need to get off to a hot start. And I, I came into the season sort of thinking that uh, Eduardo Rodriguez could sort of take over as the number two starter. Maybe not as far as the pitching rotation goes, but I feel like fans will probably think of him more of a number two or a number three compared to Porcello and Buckles because, as, as we know, as uh, watching the team, Buckles is so unpredictable, sort of a Jekyll and Hyde. You never know what you're going to get from him. And there's just, besides Price, you really don't know what you have. You have a guy like Joe Kelly who, you know, got demoted to AAA last offseason, and then he pitched lights out in, in uh, September. So, I mean, you never know. It's 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 interesting for Rodriguez. He's only 22 years old. I think people sort of forget that. He still has a lot of room to grow. I'm excited to see what David Price can sort of teach him and mold him because maybe besides Clayton Kershaw, there's not a better left-handed pitcher to sort of mold your game from as uh, David Price. So I mean, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting. It's it's uh, going to be uh, a tough loss to the Red Sox. Hopefully he's not out too long and he gets back to uh, full health because he's definitely an exciting player to watch and it's good to see him grow. Yeah, and I think, John, I'm in the same page with uh, with Erod. I think that he was definitely kind of poised to kind of have that chance to be the number two guy. Obviously, he might still get that chance down the road, of course, and I think once he comes back healthy and ready to go, he'll be good. Um, obviously, he fixed the tipping and pitching issues last year, so I think I- I'm very excited to see what he has to offer this year. Um, three guys that kind of have pitched this so far and kind of have struggled, um, Porcello, Price, and Buckles. Um, they started spring training, and all three of them did not have good starts. Me personally, I'm of course not worried about David Price. I think that's not going to be an issue. But um, all three of those guys, is there any concern there at all for those kind of uh, blow-up starts, or is this just spring training working out the issues and we're good to go come opening day? Well, when it comes to David Price, I mean, I'm not worried at all. It's He's just going to get acclimated to a new, new spring training complex, new teammates, plus, uh, you know, a new catcher. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see if Hannigan will be his battery mate because they did spend some time together in Tampa when uh, they were both members with the Rays. Uh, I think he'll be fine. I mean, his career track record shows that when he got traded to, to uh, Detroit and uh, Toronto, he didn't show any uh, instances in which he felt uncomfortable. Again, Boston is a much bigger market, but I mean, he's fishing the ALEs before. And his career record at Fenway is pretty encouraging. And he does have familiarity with the division. So I'm not worried about price at all. When it comes to Buckboats, I mean, we all know the story. He could be great one start and absolutely dreadful the next. You really don't know what you're going to get. I honestly am tired of him. I wish the Red Sox traded him this offseason. But his value was probably was pretty low. And he does have some value on the market when he's pitching good. I'd rather wait to see if he establishes value and sort of get, you know, a decent return rather than get a bag of balls for him. The key thing with Porcello this year, I think, will be is uh, getting back to how he pitched in Detroit and that's going to be using his sinker ball. Uh, and uh, 
Dave Dombrowski does have familiarity with him in his time in Detroit, but again, he he was the one that traded Porcello to Boston, so who knows how that relationship is. And another uh, thing you have to think about with Porcello is, is he going to feel confident throwing that sinker ball, knowing that Henry Ramirez is at first base? We've already seen Bogarts make two errors th- uh, throwing it. And I know Jared Carabas mentioned it. Uh, I don't know if he mentioned it on the show or not, but he mentioned how the infielders might be under more stress because they feel as though yep. they'll have to uh, make a perfect throw to first every time because of hey, these deficiencies at first. So it's definitely going to be interesting. Yeah, no, it's definitely going to be a definitely. I mean, obviously, if you have those three guys pitching well, you're going to be a good team, no question about that. But on the other side of pitching, you have catching. And today, John uh, Blake Swihart got hit in the mask with. Um, with the ball, and he bruised his jaw. I mean, it's only a bruised jaw, fortunately not broken or anything, but let's let's assume maybe that's something, and maybe he'll need to take a few days. Probably not a big deal, but how do you see the catching situation play out? Because obviously, Christian Vazquez, we don't know if he's going to start the season. Then you have Swihart. Well, if he's getting injured with this stuff, just how do you see the catching situation playing out, and who do you see playing? Well, if, if Swihart can't go the opening day, I mean, I hope he does. He's a great young talent. I think you have to see uh, Ryan Hannigan start and then Sandy Leon be be the backup because Vasquez probably isn't ready. And I don't I definitely don't want to rush a young talent like Vasquez. I think he needs to get some more at bats in Pawtucket and uh, get used to uh, dealing with uh, with the uh, daily challenges that being behind the backstop brings. And honestly, the the Red Sox offense they only need the catcher to hit about 250. It, I mean, I know Swihart is a uh, strong offensive player as far as the catcher position is concerned, but that offense doesn't need the catcher to perform offensively as much as maybe other lineups do. If, I mean, I, I'm not too worried about it. Swihart's a tough kid. Uh, I mean, I'm sure he'll be back within a few few weeks, and I'm, I'm more concerned uh, about the Eduardo Rodriguez injury myself. So, I mean, I think... The catching, you can sort of get away with it more as compared to, you know, starting pitching. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, what are your thoughts on Johan Mancado? Do you think he'll be ready soon? The problem with him is still very young. I don't want to, I'm not a big fan of rushing people and up to the big leagues. We saw, you know, Jackie Bradley a few years back rushed up and sort of lost his confidence and, I hate for a kid to go up and down in the system. It's, it's sort of confusing. And to be honest, it's a tough place for him to find a place to play because he's a second baseman. Pedroia is not going to be, be leaving anytime soon. And the outfield's credit as it is. And same with the infield. So, I mean, I love to see the young guys play. I like the youth moment this team is going in. But I feel as though Moncada would be better served in another full year down in the minors to sort of get comfortable because even last year he's been he hasn't played uh organized baseball for a while before last year so just getting another year under his belt uh, i think would be beneficial for him before heading up to the Fenway. yeah john I, I kind of agree with you but kind of go along with that um dustin Madroy is not getting any younger obviously and with his kind of reasoning to be hurt and kind of his issues staying healthy over the last couple of years, how much longer does Pedroia realistically have in a Red Sox uniform? Yeah, I, I was reading an uh, article the other day about how uh, I think 
baseball tonight had this about how Pedroia plays sort of too hard and it could cost him some years in his career. I mean, I love the way he plays. He's, you know, a Boston type dog and he's, he's sort of reminiscent of how the city is, a blue collar guy, put your hard hat on and go to work every day and, and work hard. And as a fan, you can definitely appreciate the effort. At the same time, you sort of have to be careful with your body. 162 games a year is a tough rule for anybody to endure. And it's, it's tough because, you know, Pedroia gives everything out on the line. And I think maybe two years, three at the most. I mean, I know he's, he signed a long-term contract with the team. But, uh, I mean, his, his offensive numbers have been going up and down. It's not really consistent. Uh, it's it's sad, but, I mean, I think he only has about two, maybe three years left performing at a, you know, starting caliber, starting second base from caliber. Yeah, John, I think I'm I'm kind of with you on that timeline. I'm I'm leaning towards closer to two, I think. But um, overall, I just I still I still think he's valuable enough in your team with the defense defense he plays and the fact that what he do, what he means for the clubhouse and just as a uh, chemistry type mentality, I think he's huge right now for this team, especially if they want to be any have any success at all this year. So I, I'm with you on that one for sure. Um, John, we want I want to move with you, uh, outside of the Red Sox here real quick um, because uh, Bryce Harper's been in the news if you haven't noticed. And he obviously made the comment saying, uh, we think baseball, baseball is boring because we're not allowed to celebrate what we do with all, with all the bat flips and et cetera, et cetera. He's gotten some backlash for that. Kind of where do you stand on this Bryce Harper, uh, these Bryce Harper comments? Are you for them? Are you against them? What do you feel about this whole situation? I'm, I'm definitely for them. The baseball needs to make a few changes to sort of appeal to a younger generation. And it's been losing popularity year to year. And I think the, Changes they made to the home run derby, and as far as the format, sort of helped out the popularity. Because let's let's face it, the game isn't the same anymore. As ever since the start of left, there's not as many home runs, and what do appeal for to a younger generation? I think there needs to be celebration. I don't think a guy should get plunked because you know he he sort of celebrated or pumped out a home run. I think the game sort of needs that expression. It needs that youthful energy to appeal to the masses and not the masses but the younger generation and you know the guy who was against it Goose Gossett is you know great 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 player in his own right Hall of Famer but the game just needs to change to appeal to the younger generation if they want to sort of uh, get impactful players for the future to help the great game grow. Yeah, definitely. And and John, before we let you go here, um, just going back to the Red Sox because we couldn't let you leave without some predictions since the season starts <laughs> in a couple of weeks. Um, so, what are your predictions for the Red Sox? How many wins do you think they'll get? Will they win the division or the wild card or nothing? And if they do get to the playoffs, how are they going to do? Uh, put me on the spot already. <laughs> um, Absolutely, it's getting close enough, John. I think we can put you on the spot. For that. <laughs> well, uh, I think as far as a win total. It's going to all come down to pitching, obviously. Uh, I'd say between 85 and 90 wins, and it's, it's, kind of a, it's going to be a dogfight to win the division. I think it's going to be a three-team race between the Yankees, Blue Jays, and, and uh, Red Sox. I do think they'll make the playoffs because the American League is kind of weak. And uh, as far as how they do in the playoffs, I could see them getting to the ALCS and then – Maybe I don't know if they have it this year because I think you need. I just don't trust that pitching staff, even with Price. And uh, if I'm going to be objective here, I think they they make the playoffs, but they don't make it to the World Series. 
Well, there you have it. John O'Callaghan, all about sports, thinks that we're going to have our hearts broken in the <laughs> ALCS. His words, not mine. Just reiterating. Uh, there it is. That's John O'Callaghan um, of About Sports. Again, his um, his Twitter handle is, let me pull it up here. Where are we got? There it is. At Sean John 9320 It's Sean S-E-A-N, folks. So if you already started frantically Googling, it's S-E-A-N, not S-H-A-U-N-W-N, any of that other crap. Uh, it's Sean John S-E-A-N, 9320. Um, John, we appreciate the time. I know you're kind of busy, you're crazy. You're covering for About Sports, and we appreciate your love for the Red Sox. You're a local guy, right? Yeah, I'm a guy. So I'm Lindsay guy. Yeah. So uh, I'm definitely, I definitely appreciate you guys allowing me to come on the show. Hopefully, I can come on again. I listened to a few of your shows. You guys provide excellent coverage, and uh, hopefully, I'll be hearing from you guys soon again. So I, I appreciate everything you guys do, and you have a great show. So. Well, thank you. Thanks, Look at that. <laughs> yes, we got a compliment, Lauren. We got a compliment. Wow. Uh, yes. Love it. Look at that. Yeah. Uh, well, John, we appreciate it again, and again, we appreciate the kind words, and um, obviously, you're welcome anytime, so we'll be in touch for sure. Um, until then, though, John, go Red Sox, right? Yeah, go Red Sox. Thank you. Thanks, guys, again. Have a good one. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Have a good one. All right. Again, that is John uh, Callahan of About Sports. Twitter is at SeanJohn9320. Um, appreciate him joining us. Good scoop there by Lauren, um, getting him on the show. Guys, he, he went, we went through a lot with him, but I think he said some good stuff. Um, I was intrigued by his answer um, with actually Yohan Mankata because I think he could play within the next year or so, but I just personally think that it's Dustin Pedroia who's stopping that from happening. Yeah, I mean, there's no place for him on the team, really, and you don't want to kick Pedroia out the door for a guy who's 19 years old. I mean, he's got plenty of time to 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 get here. I don't I don't see a point in rushing it. I just don't. I mean, if, if we were desperate for someone in his position, like, oh, we got to have this guy like right now, fine, great, but we don't. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Jess. There's no reason to to rush it, like you said. He's 19. He's got plenty of time to develop, and we don't want to we don't want to rush it, and we we have no reason to rush it because of Pedroia. Yeah, and I, I think Pedroia is a nice uh, safety blanket in terms of, like you said, you kind of we're able to develop him better, and we're able to develop him the way we want, and make sure he's good to go because it can do a lot for a young kid's psyche, especially when he's been hyped up so much, to come in and then suck. If he gets rushed up to where, like you said, he's 19, um, I think he's a little bit different than most normal 19-year-olds, but still, I agree in the sense that he doesn't need to be rushed. Um, I think that he still isn't ready. I believe that he does need at least another full year in the minors, getting those plate appearances, getting those reps before even thinking about bringing him up here. Um, but I do agree that Pedroia is kind of really the only reason why he's not being even considered in the conversation. Um, but that's obviously an argument for another year. But I'm intrigued to see how he does with a full year in the minors, a uh, full year of plate appearances, and kind of goes from there and improving the defense. And hopefully he stays that big for the next couple of years and brings that power to the majors because, man, his arms got bigger. I swear he got bigger, guys. Yeah, I mean, he seems to be developing quickly, obviously. But I, I see the situation totally like, like college basketball players, not to bring basketball into every show, which I've done the last couple, but it's just like... But you do it. We both do it. I know. So it's fine. The problem with being a basketball fan. That's not a problem. Either way, uh, it's, it's just like just like players... Brackets came out today. <laughs> players in college, you know, you want them to stay in college longer and develop more because if a guy's yep. 19 years old, he plays one year at college, that's just no guarantee that he's going to just jump right in the NBA and be a great player because there's a lot bigger, stronger, older, more experienced guys. Same thing with this. He's only 19. He might look really good right now and then come up to the majors and be absolutely terrible. There's no, there's mm-hmm. no reason that getting more experience could hurt anything. 
yeah, I, I completely agree. And it's the more, the more experience, the better, especially in baseball. You develop him more and ramp him up to that full speed of facing 99 mile an hour fastballs. He's not going to get that, but he needs to face the mid level stuff and prove he can hit that stuff consistently before he gets bumped up. And it's it's hard to go from zero to 100. You need to go zero, 75, 100, et cetera, et cetera. So it's good for him to have that time. Um, this obviously we got through a lot of stuff with John. Um, but before we kind of recap what happened news wise, just why don't we go through real quick, uh, the games that we had this past week, just kind of recapping what happened and kind of go from there after that. Yeah. Pretty crappy week. Um, <laughs> Record wise, at least two, uh, two and five was what the Red Sox blinders on Jess. Blind. Yeah. You have to right now because, uh, going through it on, um, on Monday, Sox lost to the Rays three to two. That was a close one. Um, they actually won the next two after that. They beat the Orioles 5-1 to one and the Pirates 6-2. to two. So all was looking well and good. And then the losing streak happened. Uh, they faced the Twins. David Price's start lost 8-2. to two. He gave up two home runs, unfortunately, in three innings. We'll talk about that. Uh, we mentioned a little bit with John, but he struggled. Nothing to worry about, but he did struggle. Um, and then Sox played a nice tight game against the Blue Jays. Uh, they lost two to one in extra innings. I believe it was ten innings. Uh, Sam Travis hit a home run in the ninth inning to tie the game, so that was an exciting game, but a tough loss. Then they played the Marlins yesterday. Lost eleven to eight. That was a huge back and forth game, but we did see a fantastic bomb from Travis Shaw. There's been a couple other home runs peppered in here or there, but I'm just doing the highlights. Uh, Shaw had a home run, three run homer to get the Sox back in the game at that point, eight to six. Travis Shaw. They lost eleven to six, eleven to eight. So. Wasn't wasn't enough at the end. More bad pitching. Uh, and then today, Sox played the Rays, lost thirteen to five, courtesy of Rick Porcello. Pitched a fantastic three innings and gave up ten hits and eight runs. So bad week, bad pitching. <laughs> so we'll hope it's just spring training because it's looking a little bit like last year in terms of bad pitching. But we'll hold we'll hold off for now. But just tell you what happened. Yeah, it wasn't a great week record-wise, but like we've talked about, we've actually talked about it last week. Uh, these blinders need to stay on, folks, until opening day, um, which is when, Lauren. Uh, 22 days, three weeks before. There you go. So, 22 days away, you're allowed to take the blinders off. Until then, just enjoy the fact that the Red Sox are kind of on TV, and that you're hearing Red Sox news, and that we're talking other things besides off-season acquisition. Okay, it's kind of on TV, it's so true. <laughs> They're not on TV all the time, but it's when they're on, appreciate game. it. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's the way you got to look at it. Um, look, these games are great to see. They're fun to see the young guys play. They don't mean anything these records mean nothing. So just ignore that and enjoy the baseball. Um, one thing that was really highlighted this week, and we kind of were all looking forward to it, especially after his simulated start uh, last week, David Price's first start was Thursday, um, right? Yep. And he did not look good at all. Especially, and I, I'm, I was convinced he would, especially considering how um, everyone said that he looked so good in his, in his last simulated game and how um, Vasquez said he was hitting his spots and everything and he was so dialed in. He got rocked on Thursday. Um, guys, I don't know about you. I'm not worried at all. I, t- I said it when John kind of brought it up. I'm not worried. Yeah, it's it's a little disappointing. I, I know he gave up a double on the first pitch of his outing against the Twins, and then he gave up back-to-back home runs later on. Those were his runs. But I'm just going to take what he said. He said after the game, right now, like spring training, for me, it's process-oriented, not results-oriented. So he's not worried about that. He's just worried about trying to make pitches and figure out what he's going to throw when and doesn't care about what happens. So take that at face value, I guess. Yeah, I'm not worried at all either. It's just it's spring training, and Jared, like you said, keep the blinders on until Always. opening day. So and we know what he's capable of, especially he's pitched in the AL before. So I have we have no reason to be worried. It's, just, it's spring training. It's just 
they're trying to figure out what to throw, where to go. So uh, I'm not worried at all. Plus, if you're going to no have one. a bad start and good starts, have the bad starts in spring training and the good starts in the season starts. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to have them, have them now. Get them all up. Yep. Um, he was, I forget where I saw this. I, I like who, who voted for this, but I, I believe he was the favorite to win Cy Young. Yeah, I saw a brief tidbit on that too. I'm not sure either. I think it was on Twitter, but I did see some like projections and he was right up there. I'll take it. Hey, I wouldn't hate to have another Cy Young pitcher on this team. Haven't had one in a while, so uh, it wouldn't hurt, especially well, cause, considering the rest of the garbage they have on their rotation. It makes sense that he'd be a favorite for it because he was second in it last year, and now he's playing a team with a good offense. So why not? And he's that caliber of pitcher. Right. He's just that kind. Of, he's considered that guy in the league. He should be a favorite. I think personally, he sh- if he's not a favorite every year, then there's something wrong with him. Like he should be considered in that for the most of his seasons, he should be considered as a favorite to win this Cy Young, just because he's that good. Um, Obviously, we're not worried about the top of the rotation. We've talked about the number two spot forever now, and we really can't decide who would be it. Um, I think a lot. I think a lot of people think that it would be Eduardo Rodriguez because he's probably the most obvious choice, only because everyone else sucks, and he's probably the most promising situation moving forward. He's now hurt, um, and he probably won't be ready for opening day. It's very unlikely that he will be. Who's your number two guy? And like, are we? Well, first of all, let's change that up. First of all, I'm kind of worried. That we who our number two guy is going to be because I don't believe that anyone else besides maybe Eduardo Rodriguez has the ability to do so. But I also think guys from day one, I don't think it was ever going to be him. I think it was going to be Clay Buckles. Um, I mean, I see, I can see Clay Buckles if Rodriguez can't start, isn't or starts the season on the DL. I can see Buckles sliding into that number two spot. I always saw him as um, number two or number three. Um, but. It's just it's so unfortunate for Rodriguez because he was really good last year. He showed good stuff last year, and he was promising in the spring. And you, oh, you just can't hurt your knees; they're so essential, and you just you don't even realize it until you hurt it. But <laughs> I <don't>, <laughs> that was one of our topics on the uh, the show that was lost. We talked about knees for like ten minutes. <laughs> it was, and it's it's so true. Like your knees are just so essential that you, to just everything. And luckily, it was just. Um, this location, and it's just some swelling. It'll go down. He just needs to just to do what the trainers tell him, just rest and don't rush it back because he'll probably only miss a start. So I'm really not too, too worried. But in this rotation, Jared, does not suck. We saw promising stuff last year from Porcello and Kelly. And I need them to prove it to me, man. I, I don't believe it until I see it for real. Well, it's for not like last year. year. So just, Yeah, when the games didn't matter. Yeah, but still, they hey, I'll take a a good starting rotation for a crappy team any day. But we have guys that can step into that spot, and they showed it last year. They're going to show it this year. So you just sit back and enjoy the uh, Eduardo Rodriguez list rotation while the others step up and do well. You can eat your words. I I hope I do, but I, I just don't believe any word that just came out of your mouth. Well, I agree with her, and I know that, I know you because you don't agree with me. They need to, they need to prove it. Well, we've been talking about how had so much promise recently, and now you just come out and say they suck. I mean, you gotta you gotta have a little middle ground here and <laughs> be in the middle. They're 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 decent, all right. But I got a different take on it. So I think, hurt or not, Rodriguez should start as the four starter. And I say that because he's young. There's no point in throwing him in the spotlight and right away. Not like necessarily pitching rotation is necessarily a spotlight because everyone pitches and that's just kind of what happens but at least to start the yep. season I would say no matter what happened 
start with Buckholtz at two, just because he's been here so long and has proven that he knows how to pitch very well when he's healthy, and he's shown that multiple times with a lot of wins. Um, so I'm not jumping off that bandwagon yet. Obviously, we know we know my love for Buckholtz, but <laughs> he should be the two based on multiple factors like that. And then for three, four, I say you know might as well put Por- Porcello just because he's been in the league longer instead of Rodriguez. I get why you'd put Rodriguez sooner, but obviously I'd put Buckholtz before Porcello because Porcello's got to freaking prove it. I mean, this guy is not proving anything, and I'm not putting stock into these spring training starts, but he's been absolutely terrible, and I can't just act like that never happened just because after struggling and seeing so many of those three-inning, ten-hit, eight-run games last year, I need to have some proof that he's going to be good before I just go ahead and slide him in the two-spot. John Farrell approach. Well, Buckles has been here for a while, so yes. I'm going to give him the two-spot. That's right. I like that. Give, give some credit to longevity. To me... You're rewarding him for not being able to stay healthy. Well, like you're like he's got to work at like help pre- preventing himself from getting help. like I know obviously some guys are injury prone they just can't stop that but like is he doing all we don't know this is he doing all the things that he needs to do to stay healthy and stay on the field because it seems like every year now he's getting hurt so does he deserve to be the two starter yet or does he have to prove that that he can stay on the field before he gets that nod? Yeah, no, I, I see what you mean. I I can see both sides. I can see why he deserve it because he's been here a long time and not deserve it because. He hasn't proved that he can stay healthy, but I think with, mm-hmm. with how good he has done when he has been healthy and how long he's been here, I think that tips the scale just a little bit. I mean, it's fair. and I, I, I kind of agree in the sense of that Eduardo Rodriguez is young, so you don't want to put too much pressure on him when he's just learning his game. But in the sense of I'd rather just, I'm, I'm all about throwing guys in the fire if you have the ability to. And obviously, like you said, I don't want to put Porcello up there. He does not deserve it at all. Um, Joe Kelly is probably going to be your five starter if Henry Owens doesn't earn that spot. Um, so you really you're kind of limited there. Um, and I'm sorry, Lauren, they don't suck by any means, but it could be a lot worse. But it could be a lot better. Um, but hey, I don't know what's going to happen. It's a whole new year. Um, I'm not expecting much until I see it. I'm praying to the heavens that Clay Buckles could stay healthy because that's kind of where Pops said we're putting our fate in. But if this team's going to do anything, if this team's going to be able to have a couple good starters to really help them come playoff time, which I do think they're going to make the playoffs, um, he's going to have to be that guy, which means he's going to have to be healthy. If that means you pitch a little less during the regular season, I'm all for it. If that means you're going to stay on the field the entire summer and not come off for the DL stint like you do every All-Star break. Yeah, he could be so dangerous. I mean, 17 wins in 2010, 12-1 in 2013 before he got hurt. This guy has so much potential. He could win 20 games if he stays healthy because he's already come close to it once and there's no way in heck he was not winning 20 games in 2013 if he pitched more than 16 starts. He was having an incredible Just, year. Do you have his stats in front of him? You yes, sound like you do. I do. How many innings did he pitch in that year? In 2017. The 17-win year? Yeah, um, 173. Okay, so that should be where he would be, 150 to 173. He's not a 200-inning guy, and there's no one in their right mind who would think he would be a 200-inning guy. But if you can get him, <laughs> exactly. But if you can pitch limited the innings, he's probably going to be more successful because he's not going to be exhausted and his arm's not going to fall off, and he won't be off. He won't be on the DL. Yeah, and you're right. He pitched uh, 189 innings, which is his career high in 2012. But he was only 11 and eight with a 4.56 ERA. So it seems like less innings, probably better. And and honestly, every start. If if you're pitching, you're probably going to have a time where I'd rather you rest him now than like skip a start. Like, don't skip a start later when he's actually doing well because I hate when people do – I hate when managers do that. Yeah. These guys are pitching well. Oh, well, you know what? It was a scheduled day off, so he's going to get it off. No! You schedule him a day off when he's doing terribly. Yeah, and if 
he, you know, the less innings he pitches, we have a bullpen that's stacked. So that's yeah, we do. I'm not concerned about really anybody. If, like, oh, this person doesn't pitch until the seventh or eighth. Like, who are we gonna who are we gonna have going for the fourth? So I'm not really worried about that. So I think less innings is the way to go because, like Jeff said, he clearly does better. But Lauren, I want to ask your opinion on this since we kind of overtook that buckles conversation. Do you think he can win 20 games if he stays healthy? Ah, uh, no. No, I think he he'll come close, like eighteen. But okay. I, I'll take that. That'll be I, huge. That's like David Price numbers. <laughs> that's I uh, yeah. I but, but I, I'm I, telling you guys, get on my bandwagon, please. Let's one more year, Clay Buckles. You love you love like preaching uh, to this guy, and like I appreciate you. I love your enthusiasm over this guy because you're like he's like there'll be negative news about him. No, he's gonna pitch great. He'll pitch two and a third inning, and you're like, come on, guys, one more, one more start, one more start. I don't know what Sounds like Lauren talking about Brian Johnson. Hey, come out of this. I'm not. I'm, he's always in <laughs> when you're on the show. Um, I, I honestly don't get it, guys. I don't know why I have such this thing for him. And that, I've just been watching him so long. I don't know why I keep giving him so many chances and feel so good about him. I've, I don't know. I've always, I've always gotten a good feeling about him when he pitches well. And for some reason, I can look past a billion and a half injuries and still think he's going to do well. I don't know what it is, honestly. I have no idea. The pink, I want the him pink to do well. The Pink Hat fans know not to look over the injuries. You should know better than that. Yeah, but he has, <laughs> he has such like a good spot in like the fans' hearts of Boston. He comes in second start, throws a no-hitter, and he's like 22 years old. <laughs> and, that was a long time ago, Lorne. He's had way too many injuries since then to think that's the same guy. I don't forget about no-hitters. <laughs> I do, trust me. I, I remember exactly where I was when I watched him pitch the no-hitter, but like, that was a long time ago. Yeah, it was a long time ago, but and he Buckle came out and said the number one thing he needs to do is stay healthy. And I know he says it every year, and he's just healthy this, healthy that. And he's just a brittle person, and he doesn't need to push his limits. He just he needs to go out there and do what everyone wants from him, and he just needs to relax and not be a, just a brittle man because I just feel like he's going to throw too hard and he's going to dislocate his shoulder. He just gets in such a rhythm, though. Like the seventeen, the seventeen win season, two thirty three ERA. He was dominant. Twelve and one, one seventy four ERA in two thousand thirteen. He was dominant last year in the last several months of the season. He was absolutely dominant. This guy was on a fire. You can't touch him. And I think he would have just kept going if he didn't get injured. And I, I think I do think he's going to build off of last year. And I hope he picks up right where he left off before he had to go on the DL. But. I think we're. I do think we're going to see a good season from him. I. I think we're going to see a good season from from everybody. The number one thing for him, like you said, is stay healthy. The number two thing for him is to get rid of that haircut. He did. And no, but like keep it off. Like he, you know, it's coming back. Well, he's got to pour that water on it and shake it all over the place and everything. <laughs> he's got to be greasy and get wet, and he's going to like shivel it all over the place. Yeah, no, that hair needs to stay away. That's the number two goal for you, Clay Buckles. Stay off the DL. And keep your hair clean. And that's it. Because that means you're probably having a good year in my books. And I'll be okay with that. Um, we can sit here and talk about Clay Buckles forever. We're not going to We like, didn't even plan to talk about him. We just talked about him for like 10 minutes. I love it. can do like a four-hour show on how much I don't think Clay Buckles is a good pitcher. And I can counter those four hours with how I think he's fantastic. Exactly. And that's why show. I'm going to cut the conversation there. Because <laughs> uh, no one wants to hear that, but probably you and me. Um, so let's move on. Because this guy I'm a big fan of, and I think you guys are too, is Travis Shaw. And we touched on him quickly uh, with uh, John, and I think he's in the same boat as a lot of people. We want to, I want Travis Shaw playing. Um, I want uh, whether it's first or third base. I want him in the game. He's hitting five twenty six in spring training. Now, see, I counter. I don't believe that this situation is like Jackie Bradley of a couple years ago, because 
Travis Shaw has done it in the big leagues, and he did it last year. It was huge for us. He was consistent into the year. And then he comes out after all this and, quote, saying, I'm trying to make it hard for them to, start, to not start me. He's doing a pretty good job of that, guys. Just a little bit. <laughs> I mean, he's, like you said, he's just so, doing so well in spring training. And, I mean, I don't want to compare because they're not the same person, not the same player, but Mike Napoli was doing so well two years ago in spring training. And yep, completely agree. had a terrible oh, year. God. So I, I love seeing him hit 526. When, when I saw the numbers, I was like, there's no way. There's absolutely no way. And now it's like, okay, he, he made a quote saying he's going to try to make it really hard for them not to start him. And he's doing just that. So it's, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see the rest of spring training and to see what the decision is to do with him because Farrell does have a lot of decisions to make. So we'll see how it goes. I'm trying to stay even keeled on him because I tend to just get really excited about people and then just like think they're incredible because that's just how I do things. Um, so I've been trying to stay with him kind of even. I'm like, last year was really good, and then we saw a little more, and his average went a little bit down, but he kept he kept hitting those bombs. He hit so many home runs, like John said, 13 last year. And to see him do that and consistently play and be solid, now playing spring training, consistently play and be solid, he's got a fantastic attitude. I'm, I'm trying not to get too excited, but I am getting excited because he seems to have everything together, seems to be a really good young dude, and you just want those people to get chances. It's the motivation that's really keeping me excited. Because, like, look at the end of last year, too. And as soon as the season was over, someone asked him about Hanley. Because we all knew at that point he was going to play first base. And he said, I'm not worried about anyone, even Hanley Ramirez. And right then, I knew that was this was gonna, this had a chance of happening. Because that quote meant he's going to work like he's the starter. He's going to work all winter like it's his job to lose. And that's an awesome mentality to have. And now... He's doing the same thing. He's taking that mentality of he got to play all last end of last year. He says, I, I'm not going to take him. I'm not going to worry about Hanley Ramirez. And then he comes now and does this and says this quote of, I'm not trying to make it hard. I'm, I'm trying to make it hard. He's doing that. And, but I don't think it's going to do anything. I don't. I think you're going to have Pablo Sandoval and Hanley Ramirez there. Now, do they have short leases? Yes. Do they get extra days off and he plays a little more? Yes. Travis Shaw is going to be on the roster. Travis Shaw is going to get to play. It's just a matter of if it's every day or as a filler-in kind of roll off the bench. And I think he'll be happy with anything, because if he's getting a chance to play and is, and is playing occasionally, or even more frequently, if they give both of them days off, I think that either way, if, and, if, and if he plays well when he plays, even more power to him, and he, he will force them at some point, especially if those guys struggle to get in there as much as he possibly can. And think, and think not so long-term either, next year. Absolutely. Next year, David Ortiz is gone. We're going to need a first baseman. There you go. Done. Because Hanley's not going to stay at first base. He's going to be your DH. Yeah, so he should be thinking long-term and sticking around and keeping his nose in there. It's like people, you're trying to get a better job. You just keep you keep like sticking your nose in there, showing people that you're still there. Like That's basically what he's doing. But I do like the fact that he's making these comments, though. Yeah, it's confidence. Confidence and, and knowing where you're at and what you're capable of doing is awesome. Confidence is key, guys. <laughs> Put that on a bumper sticker. <laughs> oh, God. Look, so, I, I mean, I, I want Travis Shaw to play. I do, but I just don't think it's happening in a, on a consistent everyday basis until next year, which, again, I'm fine with because I don't mind him being your first baseman of the future. Now, there are some people out there, I will say, the Mike Felgers of the world, because I know he's one of them, that says Travis Shaw is cute and all, but he is not 
an everyday first baseman for a team like the Boston Red Sox. He's not high priced or flashy enough to play to be a starter on a big market team. How would you, how do you guys even think about responding to that? I mean, I I think he has the capability to do it. I don't see any reason that he can't start at first base in the following year in 2017, especially if he keeps up hitting well and proves that he's capable of doing this. I find me somebody better. I was it's, this guy, 13 home runs last year in 65 games. He's on pace for like 40, 50 something. Come on, <laughs> give it to me. <laughs> give it to you. I mean, <laughs> give it to me. All right. Well, all right, Jess. I'll leave. I will leave the room. If you... <laughs> okay. Oh, I mean, like I I have to mirror what Jess said. That how 13 home runs, 65 games. It's it is going to be very hard for him not to start. And I'm just. As opening day gets closer, 22 days away, I'm I'm very interested to see what the opening day roster is going to look like. Who's going to be where, and, and even who's going to be hitting where. I'm just I'm just so intrigued by the spring training. That's just because you love the Red Sox and you're counting down the days. No, I'm just kidding. I think we all are actually no intrigued. Problem with that. Um, what, yeah, not at all. One thing that's intriguing you mentioned how where, where everyone's going to be playing. Blake Swihart has a bruised jaw now. Does this affect anything coming down the pipeline for opening day, or do you think it'll be good? I think it's fine. I think it's a minor thing. I mean, it's good because if you get hit in the mask, that could very well be worse than a broke, uh, bruised jaw, like something like a broken True. jaw. So I think it's fine. I just saw the alert today, and I just figured I'd mention it because it happened. But I assume he'll be fine. But if he's not, it'd be pretty weird for starting the season with Ryan Hannigan as our starter. <laughs> yeah, because it's not going to be Vasquez. Right. Mostly no. Unfortunately. But um, a, a bruised jaw is its obviously pretty painful, but it's better than a broken jaw. It's better than... A broken a, arm or hand. <laughs> and I'm glad... Uh, it's just, or Tommy John surgery. Yeah. Whew. I'm glad it's just bruised. Um, I think it'll be fine for opening day, but, I mean, we saw weird things happen last year with our starting catcher, so who knows what's, what's going to happen this year. Right, we had, yeah, like, everybody and then ended up with nobody. <laughs> Good old Sandy Leon. Yeah, right. Uh, Lord, help me. Um, so yeah, so there's a lot of Red Sox stuff going on. We kind of covered a lot of it with John, um, John O'Callahan, and we also kind of just touched on a little bit. But there is a decent amount of stuff going on, guys, around Major League Baseball as well. That um, we kind of I want to get my hands on a little bit, a couple of them for sure. Um, one thing that we didn't really talk about last week that we probably should have um, was the Aroldis Chapman. 30-game suspension, which he ended up getting, which we weren't sure what the suspension was going to be. He didn't go through anything with court, but Major League Baseball still came down with the 30-game suspension. Um, Jesse made the note here that the Red Sox play the Yankees two times while he's while he's suspended. That's going to be a huge difference maker for that those series, of, I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely definitely something to note because, I mean, obviously their bullpen's still good, but not having him definitely makes a difference and changes it and knocks out one of those bullpen guys that you can get one inning deeper into their bullpen without having those guys pitch, which is good. Uh, in terms of suspension, 30 games, I'm definitely, uh, I could have gone either way with on it. I know I'd rather hear from you guys, because I know, Jared, you didn't think he was in to get much. Lauren, you did, so duke it out, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Lauren. Um, I'm very glad he was suspended. Um, I think the MLB made the right call, the right move, and I know it was a little hard because there was no charges brought upon him in court. And, but how I see it is his girlfriend or his ex-girlfriend, whatever she is now, came out and said that he, he shot at her or sh- fired a gun eight times, I think it was. And like, I'm like sure at a it, wall or something? Yeah. Yeah. And regardless, he knew what he was shooting at. Whether he wanted to scare her or not, he knew that there was that 
the chance that he could harm her. And I just, I, I'm sure it was her, like, not pressing charges, and, the, and so that's what it came down to, the for legal system not charging him. But this is still a huge deal, as we've seen in, in the NFL. And I think that's what Rob Manfred kind of built it off of, was he doesn't want to be hated as Roger Goodell is, because nobody likes Roger Goodell. And he doesn't just, want that's that. an understatement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to be, you know, keep it clean here. Uh, I know. Good for you. <laughs> he doesn't want to have a negative image, especially on, on baseball, and I applaud him for the 30 games. I, I wish it could have been more, but I understand why it's 30 games, and that's the month of the Yankees being without their closer. Cool. I'm all for it. Yeah, Lauren, I think you would have seen more if there was a court situation. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I, I think this this is 30 games off of, I hate to say speculation, but that's all it is when there's no court case, um, and there's no charges pressed. So for me... 30 games, I feel, is comfortable for what it probably should have been. Zero game. I, I know I, I kind of was proponent of not him not getting too much. I think this is probably right around where it should have been. Jess, I know you're asking for a big argument here, but you're not going to get <laughs> All it. All right, fine. Um, you, you really set up poorly because I knew what I was saying. Um, look, they, they, he got it right. Manfred couldn't do nothing because then he, he would look weak. And he's a new commissioner and he wants to set a standard. He's basically saying with this, with this 30 games, look, I don't care what the court says. If I be- if we believe as a as a as a major league baseball that you would, might have done something and there's clearly proof that you did, even though there was no court, we're still going to give you a little bit of knock, and that's awesome because 30 games is still 30 games, like you said, Lauren. So for me, it's okay. Well, yeah, you didn't get charged, but you're not getting away because we know you actually did this, and th- and that's what they're basing it off of. They know they d- he did it. There's no filing. If there was a court case, guys, and it, and he did get charged it's officially in court, this might have been a half a season, maybe a whole season. Um, so I think that he got off lightly, honestly. I'm, I, he, he should have been, he should not be shocked at all by this. And if he is, then shame on him. And he didn't get, he didn't appeal it, so. Alright, fine. I, I wasn't trying to start a fight. I just I thought you guys were going to have different opinions. Because I thought, when we were talking originally about, like, you know, possibly, like, 50 or 60 games, and then. That was a lot. That was too much. Yeah. This is good. But then I thought you were talking about maybe, like, 10 games. So I didn't know if you were going to appeal oh, God, that's the nothing. 30s. So that's cool. Yeah, no. 30 games. Because what. Because I know before, Jess, we had talked about it, and you guys were bringing up a year and, and like, half a season and all this stuff. And I would have been fine with that if there was a court case. But even then, I might have been still a bit of a high. Half a season with a court case might have been good. Um, but um, 30 games with no court case, no nothing, I think it's good. Just to give them a month, give the Yankees a little bit. I mean, the Yankees are going to be fine. They have two great guys at the back end of their bullpen already. Like, he was just icing on the cake. So, I mean, they're not going to lose a bunch of games because he's not their closer. You know what could happen? I'm kind of hoping. I hope that they. Well, I don't hope they do well because the Yankees. But I hope that that Miller and Patances are solid and just like they have been in the past years. And then Chapman comes in the second month and kind of throws off the chemistry, blows some games, and then it's all haywire. That's what I want to happen. It could happen. That very well could happen too, because you know Batanzas and Miller will come in fine because they showed that they could last year. So why would they? We believe they wouldn't do that. Yeah, Chapman's kind of um, the wild card. Exactly, and don't get me wrong; he's a great closer, but. After coming off suspension, if those guys are pitching well, it's even more of a tough spot. Okay, well, now Chapman's our closer, which they already announced that. But, like, he's going to come in and maybe ruin that. So, who knows? Yeah, so it could be great for us. Yeah. Um, it'd be fun to watch, yeah. that's for sure. Um, one thing that's also fun to watch, guys, is the uh, kind of the battle that's going on right now uh, with Bryce Harper that's involved. Um, so, first of all, Bryce Harper comes out, thinks baseball is a tired sport. He quotes, says all those quotes. I'm sure you've all seen it by now. Both of you, first, before we get to the whole goose-goose thing, 
or gossip. Goose anyway. Goose <laughs> I'm I'm overtired. I'm overtired. That's a blooper right there. That was great. Um, Before we get to that stuff, let me talk about Bryce Harper real quick. I am so in support of him with all this. Of course you are. And of of course I am. It's fun to watch, guys. Lauren, you are too. Stop it. (laughs) Support this. I support the hair and his and his antics. We're not talking about the hair. (laughs) It's part. He flipped his hair. That's part of his entertainment factor. He needs. He's right. And the baseball needs a little more flair. They shouldn't be being penalized for a bat flip or a little showmanship every once in a while. Sam, no one penalized Sammy Sosa for doing his little trot when he hit his home runs. No one frowned upon any of that stuff when that was going on because it was great for the game. Now that baseball's down, he comes out and says something. Obviously, he's biased by this, and he's, and he's being completely selfish because he's the one who does half the stuff. But he's right, though. Guys, baseball needs a little more entertainment. That's why they're not doing well. And, of course, the baseball purists say otherwise, but he's right. I mean, like, I mean, I quoted, I quoted the, your tweet on Twitter that you had tweeted out to Jess and myself, but um, I, I can, I can see his point to a point. I mean, he's got, he does his hair flip. He, he play, he plays the game really hard. He runs into the walls. He's, and he's a fun player to watch. I have nothing against him as a baseball player. I think he's a great player. I don't think he's, I don't like him as a person. And no one does. No, and I, I'm okay with that, but. And I was listening to, to Dennis and Callahan, and they made a good point saying that if if more people played the game like Harper, the game would be more fun. But something like Bautista's bat flip, they said that was game-changing. And if he did that in April or May, would that still have the same effect? Probably not, because that Toronto stadium wouldn't be sold out. But, but would he have done that in April and May, though? That's the thing. He did it in the heat of the emotion. Right, and I think that's what makes the games fun, is you do it in the heat of the, the Heat of the moment, and um, you, you know how you have David Ortiz hits a home run, and then he points to the sky. Like you see, I mean, you see the emotion from these players, and it's. I know I, I miss you know when Pedro would throw inside and back off the mound and just oh, stare at them like oh. at me. I, I miss that, but it's it's not the. I don't think the players are afraid to express themselves. I think I think you do see a lot of emotion. I'd like to see more. Yeah, but. I mean, Bryce Harper, you're, you're like 22 years old. You need to calm down. And, I mean, the emotion when Jonathan Papelbon grabbed him by the throat, that's, I liked it. I want to see more of that. Slam. I love it. I love it so much. And, look, um, I think that going into it, look, I, I agree that sometimes it's can be over the top, but half the time it's just when these guys do it, they get frowned upon whenever they get frowned. Like, whenever they do it, regardless of when they do it, they get frowned. Batista got frowned upon for doing his bat flip. It became a huge thing, but there were people out there who didn't like it. And it's like, why wouldn't you like that? If you hit a home run like that, wouldn't you want to do that? Wouldn't you be the first to throw your bat high in the air and freak out? Because he's never had a moment like that in his career. He's never been on a team like that. And to have the guy who's been claimed as Joey Bats for so many years to actually have a chance to prove it and do it, course he's going to throw his bat i would do it too and it's stuff like that obviously i'm not going to want to do it in opening day in the first inning oh here's a home run let's throw my bat ten thousand feet in the air no but don't don't frown upon people when they actually are excited and look to do that when it actually is emotional and stuff like that yeah i don't really i mean i have no problem with the batista thing <laughs> i like to chuck my bat in the backyard too but uh, wiffle ball style right wiffle ball yeah, hit hit the bomb chuck it up chuck it up but in terms of Bryce Harper stuff, I mean, I don't really care. I just want to watch baseball. I don't give a crap about... That is such a you answer. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> Thank you. I don't know if that's an insult oh or not, Lord. but... <laughs> that is such a you answer. Uh, yeah, it's just, like, whatever. Tired sport, you can you can talk about being tired all you want, but that's... 
I enjoy baseball for baseball, and I'm going to watch baseball, and I don't really care about his antics and how it needs more flair and whatever. Just give me some ball. Okay, so then what do you guys think about the back and forth that's going on right now? I think Goose Gossage is an idiot, and... Not Goose Goosage? <laughs> what about Goss Gossage? Goss Gossage? I like that. That sounds great. Think, right, let's do that. I think one of us said that over the just during the week. I think I was like, oh, it's Goss Gossage. I mean, uh... Goss Gossage? <laughs> no, Goose Goosage. Wait, what's his name? Goosey. Yeah, so my thoughts on him. He's 64 years old. He played quite a while ago. Just shut up. Why do you need to make comments about the game? Why do you need to bring yourself in? Why do you need to become relevant anymore? Just watch the game. Keep your opinions to yourself. I'm sure people respect his opinions because of who he is and how great of a pitcher he was. Fantastic. Most of the stuff he said was total crap anyway, and mm-hmm. really the precautions they're taking to make the game safer, they're doing that in all sports, and it's like, okay, Buster Posey got drilled because he was standing there. Yes, he was blocking the plate and doing his job, and he got hurt really badly. Why shouldn't you make a change and make sure that captures don't get hurt? They're an important part of the team. This, What's the point in saying this stuff? It's just, I thought it was totally useless and stupid, and he's just trying to stir up stuff. Yeah, I think he's just, like you said, he needs to shut up. He's an old senile, getting senile in his old age, that's what I wanted to say, and he said, I can't stand to watch this game the way it's changed and the way guys act, and he goes on to say, if I see one more pie in somebody's face, I'm going to break my TV. Good, then break your damn TV, because I'm sick of people... Love the pies. I love when... Love the pies. I love that, because it's like, it just comes out of nowhere, and it's just, it's fun, it's unexpected, and it's just, it's something fun that they do as a team, and just, it kind of shows, like, appreciation to the teammate, because obviously, they're getting a pie in the face for a good play, game-winning play, anything, game-changing play, and it's fun, like, just shut up, Goosey. Yeah, Goosey, (laughs) you you tell him, you tell Goosey what's going on. Uh, You know what he would have been pissed about, too? The Red Sox bullpen band. Probably hated it. Probably. That is so fun, I love it. Yeah, that was, he probably hated that bullpen band. I love the bullpen band. He hates all that fun. He just wants to. Oh yeah, I'm a tough backward pitcher. I throw 250 pitches. Uh, I'm not. I'm not coming out of that game. Shut up, I, Goose. Goose, just listen, Goose. I know you're listening, Goose. You are. Just shut your mouth, Lawrence Ray. Just, just, just shut it. Just be quiet. Enjoy the game. That what it's it's changing. If people still watch baseball, people kind of still know who you are. So don't ruin that, okay? Don't don't be stupid. Right. It's like um, all the people who thought he was a good pitcher and enjoy watching a pitch are going to be like, what? Why? Why is he like ruining his image now? Like, don't, don't talk. Yeah. It. it he's good, he's kind of out of hand. That man. Out Goose. of hand. That goose. Goosey goose. Um, one more thing, actually, I want to touch on before we get out of here for the week, and it kind of goes along with the. Um, it's kind of linked to the changing of the game purism thing. Um, Obviously, we know they changed the sliding rules to second base. We know that happened, um, which I know I'm not a fan of. I don't like that they changed the rule. But Jace Utley's two-game suspension was dropped. Um, now, Tata came out and said he doesn't really care about it, but it, was that the right decision to drop that dispense suspension? Um, I mean, uh, I don't know. I'm, if Tahada says he doesn't care, then it's... It's whatever. I don't think Utley intended to to hurt Tahada that badly. I don't like the rule change. I'm I'm all, I'm all for protecting the catchers. I'm fine with that. You know, I don't want to see a catcher like Posey break his leg again just because he got barreled into. But I think I mean sliding into second. I like watching double plays get broken up. I never want to see somebody break their leg, especially in a playoff game. But I mean, I, I guess I'm okay with it. It's it was two games, so it's not like it's season-changing by any means. Yep. And Tejada came out and said he doesn't care. If Tejada came out and said he had a problem with it, then I'd, I'd be like, oh, okay, well, maybe they should listen to Tejada. <laughs> but, you know, he doesn't care, then it, it's whatever. It, it's Chase Utley. He has a history of doing this, so, I mean, whatever. 
from a Red Sox perspective fan, I can give less of a crap if he misses two games or not because it doesn't affect me in any way. But in terms of actually happening in terms of baseball, I'm fine with it being dropped because it happened. They had the knee-jerk reaction, whatever. Todd was out. I'm sure Utley already feels bad about it because no one's probably intentionally trying to injure someone's leg and break it so they miss the rest of the season. I don't, nobody in the right mind would do that, and I don't think that he's like that. So it's over. It happened. They made a rule because of it. No point in Hartman anymore. He feels, he feels bad enough that it is. Why do you need to suspend him? So I'm cool with it. Yeah, no, I, I think I'm cool with it. Um, I, I, it's crazy that they happened, but, I mean, it, it's whatever to me. I, I just wanted to bring it up because I know that it was such a big deal when it happened, and now all of a sudden it's just, okay, whatever. You don't have to get suspended. Yeah, I mean, they made a rule um, change for it, so great. Now it's over. Yeah. They did a change. I think the ru- I, yeah, I think the rule changes the effect. Obviously, um, it was it was a severe a slide. I don't think – obviously, I do think it was on purpose, I mean, but, like – it happened under when the rules weren't there, so you can't really complain about it. They made the rule changes affected, whatever it's happening this year. So, albeit it's whatever, um, so I'm over it. But um, it's, intri- it's intriguing to watch and see what happens with that this year in terms of how many guys adjust to it right away, how many guys tried to still mask it, how, how guys can guys mask it as a good slide to, while still being a takeout slide. Um, this whole thing, so it's, it's going to be a kind of intriguing thing to watch over the year, especially when close games, playoffs come around. Obviously, someone's going to want to take out the second baseman or shortstop. Do they do? Do they revert to the old ways? Do they? Can they hold themselves accountable for the new rule? So it's definitely uh, intriguing to see um, that. So yeah, so that, that I think we covered a lot today. There was a lot to talk about. Um, again, I want to thank uh, John O'Callaghan coming on the show um, for with us from about sports. Again, this Twitter is at Sean John ninety three. 20, Sean, S-E-A-N. Um, and, of course, this week, like every other week, was brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. You can get $50 off any mattress purchased by visiting casper.com backslash Celtics and entering that promo code Celtics to kind of check it out um, and get your $50 off that mattress purchase. Big week coming up, obviously coming down the stretch here, a couple weeks till the season actually starts and we can take our blinders off. Um, Jess, anything big coming on the uh, written coverage side for, for CLNS Radio? Um, not really, but I'm glad you mentioned it because, like I said last week, Nathan Ego is going to spring training starting tomorrow. So I will be uh, getting in contact with him now and uh, figuring some stuff out with him. So maybe we'll have some re- reports in there, some pictures from him and to accompany our articles. So look forward to live, actual pictures. That'll be fun. Yeah, no, that's very exciting. Um, hopefully you guys can get in touch there. We'll have some good kind of coverage there from a fan's perspective at, uh, at uh, spring training, which will be good. Um, that being said, we'll get out of here for this week. Don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at Red Sox underscore beat. Facebook is, of course, Red Sox beat Pass podcast. If you haven't liked us on there, go check it out and hit that good old like button that we've all seen for so many years now. Um, Tumblr and, of course, iTunes. If you rate, review, and subscribe us, please do so and then share the word and spread the word for us. And we love you guys to help us out that way as well. Of course, Stitcher and then... Um, of course, you can listen to us on on, uh, on the links we send out on Twitter as well. Because we're big Twitter campaign people. Lauren's in charge of that. She does a fantastic job getting the word out for us. Um, good show this week for you, both of you. Um, we'll be back next week, of course, talking more. Uh, Red Sox baseball, even inching closer and closer till spring training is over. And we can dust off the old uh, Fenway seats and we can get to Fenway Park like we all love to do this time of year. Um, until then, though, for Jess Thomas, Lauren Campbell, I am Jared Scali. This is Red Sox Beat on Sealonis Radio.